Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Maybe. Yes, sir! Michiana's sports leader, 96.1 FM, WSBT presents... Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The Golf Show. I'm a big believer in fate. I have a good feeling about this. That's all I'm going to tell you. We welcome you to the latest installment of The Golf Show, presented by Notre Dame Born and Blackthorn on Michiana's sports leader, 96.1 FM, WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett, joined by Tim Firestone. He's the owner at Blackthorn and filling in for John Foster this morning. We have former PGA Tour player and Notre Dame assistant golf coach Scott Gump. Tim, how are you today? I'm good. We've really upgraded the show this morning, so I'm really excited about the next hour of, <laughs> of this golf well, show. Well, Scott, good to be with you once again. How are you? Oh, hello, Darren. I'm doing outstanding. I'm just ready to talk about a little bit about golf. Absolutely. We're looking forward to gaining knowledge from you and Tim on this Saturday morning here on WSBT Radio. Tim, I want to ask you first just about we've had some cool weather and some rain in the month of May. What does that mean for your golf course now and heading into the summer months when you know it's going to be hot and sticky before we know it? Um, the golf course is actually in good shape. We've not had too much uh, stress. I mean, the golf course at Blackthorn drains very, very well. Um, very sandy soil. So um, we're in great shape. No diseases. No, um, knock on wood here, we're a week away from the Four Winds Invitational. So uh, if we don't get the big, hot, humid temperatures, we should be just fine um, getting us through that week and then into the summer. Well, as we look ahead to 2019, the U.S. Senior Open is coming to Notre Dame's Warren, a golf course you guys know so well. Scott, I'd love to get your thoughts on the senior players that are going to be coming to Warren in 2019. What do you expect their reaction to be about the golf course they're going to play for a major championship? Well, it, it will be a very exciting time for the Notre Dame uh, area, um, just bringing in some of the top players from around the world. Um, I think the excitement will be when when you play the Warren, you, everyone loves the simplicity of it. You know, there, there's not uh, very many forced carries. The targets are, you know, the fairways are a little wide. It's okay. You can get away with uh, some stuff. But at the same time, the size of the greens, it is, to me, is so well done. Because they, they don't, you, you feel like, oh, I can hit that green. But when you really look at your targets and the places you have to hit the ball, you have to be on point. You have to control your line and your distance. And really good players just love that. They crave that where you are rewarded, you know, when you execute a proper iron shot. And the Warren will do that. It doesn't look hard. You're not going to make triple bogeys all day long. But at the same time, you can make quick bogeys if you're a little off. And I know high-level players just love when they're so rewarded. That's why John likes it so when much. You <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, oh we're, we're starting. Sorry, All I right, I love it. No more. That's the I'm last getting one. Out the last one. We just warmed up. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> no, Tim, don't apologize, please. You know, you know, just fire away at will. 
Scott, when you think about core Crenshaw courses, that, of course, the design group of Notre Dame's Warren, I'm sure you played a lot of core Crenshaw golf courses across the country. Is there a main characteristic of all those courses that you might see anywhere you go, including at the Warren? Well, the first word that comes to mind is when I think about Ben Crenshaw and, and Bill Corr, but it's joy. It's excitement. If you anyone's ever watched an interview, especially with Ben, of course, I mean, he just it comes out of his pores the excitement that he that he puts into golf, and I think it shows in his courses. Um, you know, they don't beat you up. There's not a million railroad ties, and there's there's not crazy angles. So uh, I feel like usually they're very user friendly. But it's subtle, and when you really look at it, you're like, "Oh, wait a minute! This is—it looks easy, but oh my, they kind of—they can get you here if you're out of position, but you don't feel beaten up. So when you finish, you know, wow, I shot uh, 82, and I'm a pretty good player, but you kind of enjoyed that 82 for a two handicapper. So you know, it, it's a strange thing where these other courses, you know, you're so nervous, and and you know the they psych you out before you even launch your golf ball where core <laughs> crenshaw it's they understand you can use the ground you you can do different things um but that's what really comes to mind i think uh, especially ben watching him give all these interviews all these years he has such passion for the game and such reverence that i, I think it shows up in his product tim when you think about your golf course I mean, I think about some of the characteristics. Everything is in front of you. There's really no tricks. Now, some of the greens are bigger than Notre Dame more, but I, I would be curious from your standpoint, knowing both, both golf courses, what do you think are the biggest similarities between Blackthorn and Warren? And, and is there a, one big difference that you see? Well, I think, you know, the big difference just on a 30,000-foot level is that Notre Dame's Warren Golf Course is a, is was designed and is made and is maintained to be a championship-style uh, golf course for the for the collegiate player to play day in and day out and and to hold um, you know they've had the women's pub links they've had NCAA championships they've had several events so it's it's set up and designed to, to uh, host and challenge the better players uh, of golf where Blackthorn quite frankly we've made it easier every year we look at ways on how we can improve pace of play how can we make it more enjoyable to the golfer so we've cut our our and I don't know if John's done some of this too uh, as well but you know cutting the fescue back and giving you know even wider target areas and making sure that people aren't losing golf balls. Um, so just generally speaking, we have a little bit different philosophies, I think, on what we're trying to accomplish. Um, but I think, I mean, similarities, um, again, wide open driving areas for the most part. I mean, uh, um, Scott hit on the head with Warren. It's not uh, the tee ball um, that gets you in trouble. It's getting the ball in the right position on the greens. Um um, throughout the entire, you know, you look at number four, the par three, and um, the different uh, uh, 16, you know, so it's not even the length at Warren, really, either. It's it's really right. just um, really getting the ball in the right position on the greens. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, I think, you know, the course conditioning um, is important to both of us, and we continue to try mm-hmm. to put the best product out there in the community, and I think that, that you see that. We've invested in equipment and fertilizer and all those things that we have to do to keep the golf courses uh, kind of getting to the next level, and we both have done that. Mm-hmm. The golf show presented by Notre Dame's Warren and also Blackthorn here on WSBT Radio. Tim Firestone, Scott Gump here and Pritchard with you on this Saturday morning. Scott, you've had the great pleasure of playing around the world. And obviously we talk a lot about Warren and Blackthorn on the show with Tim and John being a part of it. 
But if we just expand the circle a little bit, within 100 miles of South Bend, how impressed are you with the number of quality golf courses that we have to choose from in this area? And, and I'm sure there's a lot of major markets that have you know, a lot of great courses and stuff, but it seems like for golfers in our area that they have some pretty good opportunities around here. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I'm going to I'm gonna stretch your 100 miles. I drive to Midway Airport occasionally to take mm-hmm. the team some places, and that's about 98 miles. So I'll, I'll include Chicago. I know it's a little bit of a stretch. But in this whole area, it is, it is world-renowned. You know, there's more parkland style. Um, but just, to me, the trees, first thing to come to mind. I, I grew up in Florida. And, you know, the hurricanes blow down most of the trees. So <laughs> the reason we have a lot of lakes there, because it rains a lot. And, you know, the water can be a little intimidating. But here, when you get the style of the fairways going back and forth, uh, you know, the trees don't move much. You know, you know those are the hazards you must avoid. Um, it's just a certain feel to it uh, that is a wonderful uh, you know, opportunity to play. I, I still tell the guys the story of, uh, you know, driving all the way up from Florida just to do a qualifier for the Western Am. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the fact when I get up here and I'm like, wow, this is completely different. I mean, the just the beauty of it. I mean, knowing how old those trees are and everything, it really gives a, a, a feel that you really are with nature. And, uh, and at the same time, you are very challenged you know, up here. So no, this is this is definitely, and so many guys on tour always, you know, revere all the Chicago courses, and and in Michigan and in India. I mean, just the whole area. They always have this certain. It's it's like going back to classic golf, where it's mm-hmm. it's just standard stuff. Do your thing. You're rewarded if you execute. If you're you know other places, you're six inches offline and you're toast. Here, not really the case. When you just talked about growing up in Florida, it brought to mind a question that I asked Tim and John a couple of weeks ago on the program. Kind of a hypothetical, but I'll ask you, if money is not an option and you're a young kid and you have the opportunity to live anywhere in the United States and your goal is to become a professional golfer, knowing what you know now going through the PGA Tour and the different courses you play and the conditions, what part of the country would you live in to give yourself the best chance to be a professional golfer? That's a great question uh, for me. It's, uh, that's very funny you say that. Um, <laughs> the strange answer is it really doesn't matter. And you're kind of like, what? Hmm. When, I, when I was home, they never had a tournament where I was practicing. In order for me to perform competitive golf, we are a traveling circus. So literally, when uh, my first year I was on the Hogan tour, I was I married my lovely bride, Chrissy, and uh, we got married in May. We hit the road in our van, and I was back home in October. I mean, I was literally on the road for that long. So the funny part, mm. the answer to the question for me is, I was based in Orlando, Florida, because what's my off season? When am I actually home? I'm home. I was home playing the PGA Tour in November and December. So that is prime time um, for that, uh, you know, part of the world for the weather. So I could go out and practice, you know, anytime I wanted. Uh, many, many people, you know, when you're on the road for a month and you're playing the tour and all that, and they say, what do you do? Do you go home? You hit 500 balls a day? It's like I'd literally go home and not even touch a club for five days, mm. six days. Because I knew I could, if I was physically rusty, I can fix that. If I'm mentally rusty, you're crispy. You're done. 
I mean, it's very important to recharge. So, in fact, in reality, I could have lived in New York City. It really didn't matter. Like the Bruce um, Litsky um, story about the banana and the head cover? Did you ever hear that story? Oh, absolutely. Is that-, that is absolutely true. <laughs> that is the truth. And he said, you know, he played a big old huge high fade, and he said the day that he didn't walk up and hit a high fade on his third shot, he just turned around and go home. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, no, it's true. When, <laughs> I'm curious from a geography standpoint, though, in your role now in recruiting, right. are kids in the warmer weather climate more attractive to recruit than the kids in cold weather climates? I know you probably don't want to answer that on here. No, 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 no. It, it's, uh, recruiting is a challenge. I, I, I tell everyone that visits Notre Dame, they come in, they, they greet us, and anyone from somebody who's just starting recruiting down to you know a top 30-ranked player, it, it's about the fit. It really is about the fit, and the fit meaning, you know, how good a student you are. What type of team do you want to play on? If you want to go play for a national championship team, you may be on the bench a little while. Do you want to go play uh, 40-something events? I played my college career. I played over 40 events. Other guys, you know, they have a ring or they're close, but they got in nine events. Mm -hmm. Uh, Probably for me, there's a buddy of mine, Nick Reach, that I, I taught. He went to Georgia. He actually, uh, the week that he not could not qualify for his team to go to regionals, he went and played the Canadian Tour uh, qualifier and beat and made, got his card on the Canadian Tour. He could <laughs> wow. not qualify for his team, and he went and beat a bunch of professionals. That's the world wow. of college golf. So, okay, good for him, but or bad, but find the fit. Mm-hmm. And it's personal. And that's what I really preach to everyone is to find some kids want to get away from mom and dad. They want to experience a new part of the world, new part of the country. They can hardly wait to get here. Mm-hmm. Other students want to be, you know, about 58 miles away from mom, you know, right. just within an hour where they can go running home mm-hmm. and do their thing. And that's fine. It's whatever they're comfortable And with your facilities now that you guys have it at the Warren there, I mean, even in the winter months, they're hitting balls onto the range with the heated stalls and it's not really you know keeping them from being able to practice either, At, right absolutely we have a lovely indoor putting green we can do uh all sorts of chipping in there we have a lovely simulator with the track man we have two hitting bays we actually have two track mans we actually even import sod uh from south carolina we uh to work on wow. short irons uh shipping has cost more than the grass believe it or not uh, so, you know, trying to get that out to try to work on the, you know, 60 to 120 yards where, you know, you, everyone knows you got to hit down on it slightly. And when you're hitting on mats, you don't want to hit down on it because it can, it can hurt the wrist if right. you do a lot of reps. Um, yeah, we, we travel a lot during the weekends. We take alumni trips. We play all over mm. the country. I mean, we, God bless Notre Dame. I mean, we have all the tools, you know, to get the job done, which is really exciting. One more question about college golf. I was watching the um, NCAA tournament. The women were playing this week. What what is your thoughts on the new format and how they're set up now? I love it. I love it. It is, you cannot hide a match play. We actually played a match play event in February down in Tampa, and we won. And you never feel so alive until you're playing match play. I mean, every shot counts. You know, sometimes when you're just packing it in, nothing's happening, you shoot your 75, and mm-hmm. okay, I was close. In match play, you're so exposed. It's You just move from moment to moment. Everybody right. talks about in golf, staying mm-hmm. in the moment. You don't have a choice in match play. It right. is forced upon you, and that's what I love it. So the excitement, I watched, uh, I, I did the same thing. I'm, I watched a girl, yeah. you know, hit a bunker shot out. She literally had a putt 
to go to the match play. I mean, just just amazing mm. stuff. And at the time, she went through her routines and she knocked it in. But, I mean, that's heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. It's fun. I love it. I think it's better to watch, too. I mean, if you, I, I mean, yeah. I don't know the last time I would have watched the NCAA women's you know, finals, but it's, a, sure. it's exciting to watch, too. It's, it's very so, exciting. Good for the spectators. And, Scott, with everything you said about Notre Dame having all the tools, and, yeah, there's always going to be the northern school thing. That's always something that's going to be, you know, people have to con be concerned about. But you know what the thing is? You take a look at the women's golf championships and who got second place. It was Northwestern. And, and you think about what's happened in men's golf the last 10 years. Illinois has been knocking on the door for a national championship. So, you know what, I think these golfers need to know that it is possible. You don't have to go to that warm weather place and sit on the bench for three years before you get your chance that, that really these northern schools have a really good opportunity to be good at the game of golf and also get to the tournament and compete for championships. Oh, absolutely. It, it really, you know, uh, where is Jack Nicklaus and Arnold Palmer from? Probably two of the best players. Yeah. I was actually watching the... Uh, the Jack show on the Golf Channel. I finally had some time to watch the bio uh, on him. Um, and even that was inspiring and to realize, that, wow, these guys are from up north. I mean, the golf ball doesn't know who you are. It just reacts to what you do to it. <clears throat> it doesn't know, uh, you know, if it's uh, whatever the weather is. So, you know, it, it definitely is a mindset. And that, it's funny you should say that because that's what I'm looking for in recruiting. I'm looking for players who you know, want to overcome whatever it may be and they're not and they're running toward a challenge. And and there's no question Notre Dame has its challenges because when you have the the value of that sort of degree, well, mm -hmm. with that comes a price and you're gonna earn it. They don't just hand it to you. They just had the graduation search. Trust me, everyone there earned it. And there's yeah. a reason it's so valuable and it's really neat. Uh, but at the same time the expectations are, you know, you come prepared. Former PGA Tour player Scott Gum, Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn, Darren Pritchett with you. The golf show brought to you by Blackthorn and Notre Dame's Warren. Just to circle back to Notre Dame Warren and the U.S. Senior Open coming in 2019. Scott, you know probably most of these golfers that are going to be competing in a couple of years at Warren. When you think about the golf course mm -hmm. and when you think about what the USGA will do to the golf course, what type of scores do you expect? That's something we've kind of kicked around and maybe we don't have a real feel for can you give us an idea of what you expect these senior players to shoot when they come to Warren under USGA conditions? Well, uh, that's a great question. I've, I've, I've slowed down trying to figure that one out uh, for a long time now. Uh, well, and that's part of my training because, uh, like, for example, even uh, they just played the web.com event in South Carolina. And actually, I won that event eons ago, but it was the same area in the country, but different uh, BMW became involved. 80 players uh, shot in the 60s in round one. I mean, these guys wow. can flat out play. But a lot of that probably is because the fairways were, you know, fairly soft. The greens are fairly soft. The Warren right now is working on their, uh, you know, sanding, mm -hmm. sanding, firming up mm -hmm. project. And that alone can really change things. So the answer for me is we shall see. But knowing what they're doing now, well, that sand is going to make your ball run a little more in a fairway, which is neat. But that's neat if you hit it down the middle. If, you, <laughs> if your ball's going toward a fairway bunker, that ball's going to run into oh. the bunker. And with the size of the greens, you know, that's going to be a real challenge. I think what's going to happen is when they firm up the conditions, the good, there'll be more separation. 
So meaning, uh, you know, if you're playing well, hitting it down the middle, your ball is going to be going down there. You're going to have a shorter iron. And now, but if you miss hit a little, oh, you're going to get in a little more trouble. So you're going to see a wide uh, dispersion there. I, I think the key element is the firmness of the greens. Normally, you can kind of get away with it. So you can land a little short and run it up. The warm, the size of the greens mm -hmm. is going to make that challenging. It, it really all depends. And some of that is weather related. Some of that, you know, what's it going to, what's the weather going to be two and three weeks prior to the mm -hmm. event? That's going to make um, a pretty big difference on the score. Predicting a score, I'm not there yet. Ask me about a month beforehand, <laughs> then I can, I can tighten that one up. What type okay, of, I'll put that in my notes. Exactly. What type of player? I mean, do you think it's more of a, um, you know, a, a Bernard Langer or more of a, uh, you know what I mean? Like, what type of player do you see winning this event? Oh, wow. Um, again, like whoever's the on their irons. Important. I mean, the ninth hole, the size of that green on nine, you don't have a choice. I mean, if you hit in that left or right bunker, yeah. good luck. Yeah. I mean, if you put it right in the middle of the bunker with a nice lie, sure, no problem. Everyone can get that one up and down. But if it runs up near the edge, now all of a sudden... That's how you make your bogeys. You hit a good bunker shot out nine feet, and then you lip out the putt, and you're like, wait a minute, I, I didn't hit horrible golf shots. Mm -hmm. That's how the good players make bogeys. So whoever has their iron play on tight. Now, what Bernhard Langer has done, oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I just saw a Golf Central thing like yesterday, and they talk, you know, he's now chasing Hale Irwin, what, 45 wins. He's, yeah, I love how they say that. Uh, oh, he only has 14 more to go. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how good he is. So, you know, time will tell. But this doesn't seem like a tournament played at Notre Dame's Warren that the long drivers are going to have that much of an advantage. Well, length is always uh, an exciting part of the game. Sure, if you're hitting mm -hmm. it straight, uh, Dustin Johnson, he's, he's done okay with, you know, nuking it. But even they say he's now he's now a complete player where he he doesn't flinch about hitting three iron off a tee. It doesn't irritate him. Um, so you know length is always number one, but you have to be you know straight. Um, yeah, it's 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 still it, it's a second shot golf course. It really is. Final question on this subject to you, Scott. Just in terms of. What you've heard that the USGA is going to do, you just talked about the fairways. Is there something about the change, whether it's just a single bunker or moving the fairway, whatever the case may be, is there something that the USGA is going to do that you feel like is going to improve at least one of the holes on the golf course and make it an even better hole? Oh, that's a great question. Well, I, what, what they've been doing at the Warren, and this is the part of my job that I enjoy so much, that John Foster has been so gracious to, uh, you know, when we have a moment, he, he tolerates me sitting in his office and asking him a million questions. And he's been <laughs> gracious in, uh, you know, holding my hand a little bit and saying, you know, listen, here's our behind the scene plans. And like, for example, when they added some of the fairway area on 10 to the right of the green, it's now the rough has now gone a little bit. So when you go over there, that's going to give you a little bit tighter lie. And it's going to be perhaps a more challenging. The ball is going to run a little further. If you play the hole and, and look to the right, you may not even notice it. So what happening is they're really making some subtle changes. I know there's some talk about 17 green. It's a very small target. And they're talking about going a little back left there behind the bunker. 
Well, for me as a player, I'm like, oh, are they going to grow rough behind that green? Because if anybody's played there, it's a bit of a downgrade toward the woods. Mm -hmm. And if you airmail that green, oops-a-daisy, that's, that's a world of hurt. Um, so little things like that where, again, if you're on control, you hit your 80-yard shot on the green, you don't even notice what's over the green. If you don't have proper iron control and you come over the top, shut the face down a little, it lands on the downslope, all of a sudden you're next to one of those beautiful trees going, how am I going to get this up and down? Um, mm -hmm. And that's the difference. Bernard Langer doesn't miss his target by eight yards, where if you're a little off and you miss it by that much, you're in trouble. So, uh, you know, so those little changes can, it's very subtle though. I mean, it, it almost takes some behind the scenes stuff because you, you barely even notice and all of a sudden, oh, wow, that's, that's going to come into play. Scott Gump, Tim Firestone, Darren Pritchett coming up next. Want to talk a little bit about discipline. John and Tim talked about this subject a little bit last week since we have Scott on the program. Kind of curious to see how much discipline are in players when they come to the college game, what they need to learn, and what we can all learn from being a little more disciplined on the golf course. We'll do that next as the golf show continues. Brought to you by Notre Dame's Warren and Blackthorne on Michiana Sports Leader, 96.1 FM, WSBT. The golf show continues on Michiana Sports Leader, 96.1 FM, WSBT. Brought to you by Blackthorne Golf Club and Notre Dame's Warren. I'm Darren Pritchett. Joined by Scott Gump, former PGA Tour player, assistant coach for Notre Dame Golf, Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn. John Foster is on assignment today, but I have a feeling he'll be back next week here on WSBT Radio. We've touched on this a little bit, Scott, with your expertise. I'd love to talk about being a more disciplined golfer. It probably would shave a lot of strokes off our game if we played with a little more discipline and used our head a little bit. But I want to start with this. You deal with teenagers coming into college golf. I'm imagining pretty much anybody that plays golf at the Division One level, they have played tons of youth tournaments. So they've been involved in, I'm sure, some very heated moments in golf tournaments at that particular level. Now, it's a different ball game, obviously, at the college level. Right. But when you deal with these young guys coming into the Notre Dame golf program, how many of them have the discipline right off the bat you're looking for? I guess I'm wondering how much the golf tournaments they play as youth get them ready for college golf. That is, you just explained college golf in a nutshell. If I can figure out this uh -oh. uh, <laughs> equation, I will definitely be a coaching genius. Um, the easiest way I can <laughs> say it is uh, last summer, we have, I think, 11 guys that came back. They played 109 tournaments in a span of about two and a half months. 109 tournaments, all by themselves. Nobody told them what to do. They could get up and they could sleep in, show up five minutes before the tea time. They can have a detailed plan as to every single hole, exactly what tree they're going to aim at. Or they can completely and utterly wing it. It's It was on them. When they show up here... They have coaches, they have an entire team, you know, um, wanting them to play well, the pressure of, I got to play with my buddies. Well, that stress changes some people, and it actually makes some players uh, perform better. It is a very interesting thing. Um, when you come to recruiting, I, I'm looking for players that own it. They can do their own thing, make their own decisions. And, uh, of course, that's what I'm craving. But at the same time, like you just said, these are 18, 19-year-old guys. And they haven't figured everything out yet. 
So it's a, always a balance of, wow, I love what you did during the summer when nobody was there. You own it. You did it. Um, but at the same time, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Uh, could be playing more aggressive, believe it or not. It could be, you know, obviously, usually playing playing the odds. You know, it's all for me, every golf shot's risk analysis. Is it worth it to take on that pin in the back right corner, knowing the green slopes away from you? Or is it better to aim 25 feet away and give yourself a wider margin? I mean, there's zero guarantee that you're going to have control of your golf ball. But to me, if you, well, that's, I mean, for these kids, I mean, every kid on my team shots rounds in the 60s win tournaments. I, right, there's all sorts of different levels of golf, and that's what makes the game so much fun. But just, you know, getting these guys to be, pers- you know, have perspective. And that's the next biggest challenge is thinking just because I'm three over after five, they get that next iron shot and they're running hot. They're all mad. They mm-hmm. envision themselves in the morning leading. How come I'm not leading? Oh my gosh, my dream is falling apart here. Well, how can I cure it? Well, I need to attack that pin with a foreign off a downslope over the water. That's no problem, <laughs> coach. I deserve to be leading. I'm going to attack this pin. And that's how you get five over after six. And then, you know, they it's you're sinking the team and now the weight of the whole situation and now they emotionally, it's heavy. And I've seen guys, really, guys that I thought are pretty dang stoic, uh, they look like, man, they're playing with the weight of the world on their shoulders. So, you know, backing them out of that, thinking long-term, thinking of, hey, wait a minute, I've got two par fives on that back nine. I've got a couple of, if I hit some good three woods in the fairway, I'm gonna have a couple of nine irons. That's four birdie opportunities. You know what? Maybe let's just get our par here. I'm going to attack, but I'm going to attack a little later when, when it's the right time. Um, and so we, I only talk about that about every single day, <laughs> and I hammer it. Really? Oh, yeah, because everyone, we get in a, con, uh, in a room, and we're sitting there. Everybody's comfortable. Everybody agrees. You are brilliant, Coach. That is fantastic. In fact, that's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. But the minute the stress is involved... I mean, uh, I guess Mike Tyson had the line, and somebody, t- you know, spoke about it uh, a couple of months ago. Said everyone has a plan till you get smacked in the face. I mean, <laughs> everybody has this master idea how I'm going to handle it. But man, when the when the weight or the pain or something doesn't work out, um, that's when, you know, what's the difference? How do you get to the next level? And of course, technique. Of course, repeatability. Of course, strength. Of course, touch. Uh, that's that's ongoing. But a lot of times, these guys, that's sometimes the difference. If you don't have perspective and knowing timing of when to attack, um, and that's when it comes to discipline and no understanding the game, and, and, and it's a lifelong thing. And it's probably at the college level when that transition starts happening for these kids, don't they? As you as young golfers, they're probably so talented, they're out beating everybody's brains in right. without that skill set mm-hmm. of, of really thinking about how to play the game just on talent alone. Big fish, small pond. Right. That's the next challenge right. is uh, these guys sometimes don't know failure. You know, you got to think about the Notre Dame golfer. I have a couple of players who've never made a B in high school. They've made an A. They've won tournaments. They won their high school state championship. Of course, everybody's going to constantly tell you how great you are. Now, all of a sudden, you make a 57 on a test, and that day, in, I had this actually happen. A player of mine made 57 on a test, and he's qualifying that day, and he's two over through seven. All of a sudden, his world is crumbling in his head, so now he has a choice. 
realizing that A, that class is not finished, they didn't hand out the final grade today, and B, the round's not over, mm -hmm. and the qualifying's not over. Right. So the panicky kids panic, mm -hmm. and the ones that become perspective and stoic, and they just look at it. And that's, that's the next challenge of recruiting and finding players like that. Mm -hmm. Because in that room, when we're talking, everybody agrees, fantastic. But, you know, when stress is induced, you know, it changes people, and, and for good and bad. So Interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Never Scott, using your time. <laughs> I'll bet. Using your time on the PGA Tour, is there one person or a couple of people that stand out right away that you feel like were more of the more, I guess, more of the intellectual or smarter golfers and really were able to think their way around the golf course just a little bit better than everybody else? Um, well, I think the Phil Mickelson thing on Faraday said it best, and I've always thought this also. Oh, that was great. You either have to be really dumb or really smart to play this game. When you're in the middle, you are in Narnia land, man. You are, you're floating in the breeze. Um, and I'm a firm believer in that. Uh, which player? See, to me, everyone, you, to move up the food chain, everyone has these skills. It, it, it's kind of, it, everyone has it. Everyone has a discipline, or eventually they would fade away. I cannot begin to tell you how many practice rounds I'd play on Tuesdays over the years, and I'd play with the next college hot shot, and wow, and I'd look at his technique, and I'd be like, oh my God, to myself, I got to beat that. Wow, that's, I, better, I better go get practicing. Three years later, I'm still playing with my old buddies, and I'm like, hey, what happened to that kid? Mm -hmm. Oh, he barbecued. And I know all I have to do is say he fried. And so what that means is usually fried means stress, means more pressure. And everybody told me I have a great swing. Sometimes it's the ugly, ugly swing guys who can really get it done. So, you know, which one personally, how did I survive? I watched everyone. I was more of an observer. Anytime I was feeling down, I'd watch Freddie Couples glide around. I mean, Freddie Couples and watching Freddie on the range... He'd hit balls. Everybody says he'd be out there 45 minutes, and he'd only hit balls for 12 minutes because he'd be asking about the latest sports story or hearing a joke from Peter Jacobson. <laughs> or So what is he doing? He's just kind of relaxing. He's getting in the moment. He's not feeling stress. So when, he's, when that stress comes his way, he's taking it down a couple notches. I mean, that's brilliant. So many of my guys, when they have a bad round, they run to the range and they're going to solve the riddle. Here we go. And they get all in a twirl and then they hit one bad shot and, oh, no, my world's ending. You know, and that's <laughs> strong emotions. And how are you going to sustain that? If this game of competitive golf is a marathon, who's going to win? The guy who just kind of strolls in, not hair on fire. They're just, hey, I got another shot coming up. I don't care if I make this birdie. I, I got another one coming up. It's, I didn't solve it. And where my guys, they hit one good one, and they figured, I've, I've, I've done it. Got it, yep. And, the, and they hit one bad one, and their world is crumbling. So why does Freddie yep. practice that? Yeah. That sounds like my game right now. <laughs> Hair on fire? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, you got it. There's no way I'm never going to lose it. I'm ready, you know. Exactly. And then the, yeah. you play the next day, and it's like, oh, my gosh, I think I'm going to quit. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Scott yeah. Gump, Tim Firestone, Darren Pritchett with you. We need to step aside. We're going to talk about the Four Winds Invitational that Tim is hosting at Blackthorn next week. All the details next on WSBT. Scott Gump, Darren Fritchett, Tim Firestone, the golf show presented by Blackthorn and Notre Dame's Warren. Tim is hosting the Four Winds Invitational on the Symmetra Tour at Blackthorn next week. Sixth year of this tournament and the actual rounds we play June 9th, 10th, and 11th. 
Tim, give us an update where you are right now with the championship. Well, it's hard to believe we're um, you know a week away from tournament week. We've um, we've done a great job getting everything set up and planned and ready to go. And uh, um, um, hard to believe it's the sixth year already. But uh, the impact that this event has had on the community is. Uh, pretty spectacular and i'm proud to be a part of it so uh this year again uh for folks around the area uh, come out admission is free compliments to martin supermarkets this year we have a um, family day on sunday with free ice cream and hot dogs for kids so really an inexpensive way to to introduce your uh, young ones to the game of golf and, and professional uh um, lady golfers from all over the globe over 30 countries will be represented this year so we have a very diverse field and uh, some local players playing as well um so uh it should be a very uh, exciting time and a great championship um, in 2017. Where are you with any last-minute volunteers? Is that something you need? Yeah, we're all set. I mean, we won't turn anybody away. Fourwindsinvitational.com if you want to get involved. I think we do have the need still for some uh, caddies. Um, you know, these young players don't necessarily have the budgets to have a full-time caddy on tour with them. Um, and uh, we're not, they're not asking you to read putts and change their golf swings. So they'd rather you probably not say a word. But if you're willing to loop the bag and, and uh, help them out and rake the bunkers <laughs> and do some of that stuff, uh, we can probably use caddies more than anything else at this time. And this is probably as important as information as we can give, but when you go to Blackthorn to play, you park around the clubhouse. That area are for the tournament participants, et cetera. So where should people park when they come out to the Four Winds Invitational next week? Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Darren. Um, right by the soccer fields um, off of Nymphs Parkway, so just uh, east of the golf course on Nymphs Parkway, you'll see signage. It's called Moreau Court. And follow the signs down, and you park in um, some parking lots down uh, the road there, um, head south on Moreau Court. You'll see the signage. And you actually come in the golf course. The main entrance for spectators is on our 13th hole, the barn hole. Um, you'll see mm-hmm. um, uh, all the signage will lead you right direction. Parking's free uh, as well. Uh, so just follow the signs off of NIMPS and you won't get lost. But you're right, clubhouse parking's for players, media, um, uh, volunteers, things like that. I noticed on your website, Tim, that the Four Winds Invitational at Blackthorn has raised around $350,000 so far for Memorials Children's Hospital. Off the top of your head, what are some of the things that have been purchased with money that has come from the Four Winds Invitational? No, thanks for asking. That's and, you know another great impact that this event has is uh, from a charitable standpoint. And that was one of the goals of the Pokagon Band and the Four Winds Casino was to make sure not only do we bring professional golf, but we also made an impact from a charity standpoint. And we have purchased um, everything from giraffe warmers to um, MRI goggles to uh, helping uh, purchase the MedFlight uh, helicopter, uh, needle natal incubators for the, the helicopter if they have to do transports. Um, so all kinds of different equipment to help. Um, save young uh, kids' lives during transport and at the Children's Hospital. And then also, um, as some of the listeners may know, but the grand opening of a brand new Children's Hospital took place last month. So there is a brand new um, Children's Hospital at Memorial Beacon Children's Hospital. Um, So some of our funds have gone towards that. There's actually a couple rooms named after the Four Winds Invitational, which is really cool uh, to be able to see. So uh, it's been a great partnership uh, with Beacon uh, and the the Pokagon Band and and the casino and and all of our sponsors here locally and the media. It's really been uh, a special experience for me um, to bring this event to South Bend and to have professional golf here in the area. Well, congratulations, too. It has to make you feel great that these great things are coming to the hospital and 
In our final 30 seconds in this segment, sponsor exemptions, is that all set up, ready to go? Yeah, we're also the last sponsor exemption, Brooke Farrell, who played at the University of Wisconsin, and her sister's on tour. She's done a lot of stuff for us during Media Day and Sponsor Day, and so really happy uh, to give her an exemption. She just graduated from Wisconsin uh, this spring, so she's now starting her professional career, and I believe this will be her first professional event that she plays in. So we have her and then Kelly Grassel, who played uh, at Florida um, um, and is from Chesterton, Indiana, um, was a really good player. Um, so two good sponsor exemptions this year. And then the, f- the field will be full with uh, some great players. So really looking forward to the talent that will be here uh, next week. Four Winds Invitational, June 9th through the 11th at Blackthorn Golf Club. We'll step aside. Final segment of the golf show next on WSBT. What's coming up? Well, I'll tell you at Notre Dame's Warren, 631 Golf is the number for a tee time. WarrenGolfCourse.com is the website. Tim, how about Blackthorn? BlackthornGolf.com, 232Golf. Course is open all the way up until June 4th. Come out and see us. Special thank you to Scott Gump, former PGA Tour player, Notre Dame Golf Assistant Coach. Scott, as always, thank you so much for your time today. We greatly appreciate it. Oh, thank you, gentlemen. Many exciting things coming up in this area. Without a doubt. For Tim Firestone and Scott Gump, I'm Darren Pritchett, the Golf Show, presented by Blackthorn and Notre Dame's Warren on WSBT South End. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 